Welcome to Let's Be Frank. This is a behind-the-scenes look at all the good things going on in Frankfort and Franklin County, Kentucky. I'm Kristen Cantrell. I'm your host, and we have a great show for you today. So what if we looked at Frankfort through a different set of eyes? What if we could achieve our potential just by changing our perspective a little bit? Well, that's what Jason and Brian DeLam think, and they're my guests here today. So I'm so delighted to welcome you guys. I'm now calling you the Wonder Twins of Frankfurt. That's my my thing. I know you're not really twins, but we have in the studio today Jason and Brian DeLam, and we're so happy to have you guys here. Uh, tell us why you're here today and why you're in Frankfurt. Well, Kristen, thanks for having us. Uh, we're excited to be here. Um, well, we're both from Frankfurt, and we both lived here until we were 18, and we went to UK for college, and then we both found different paths, living in different parts of the country, living around the world, and ultimately, once we had families, it brought us back to Frankfurt. And uh, I've been back in Frankfurt about 10 years. Brian has been living in Louisville, but back in Kentucky, and then uh, coming over to Frankfurt, our mother still lives here. And it is very interesting for both of us to see Frankfurt with adult eyes. We felt like we've gone out, seen the world, seen what the world has to offer, and frankly, came back to Frankfurt and found many of those elements here. They just need a little bit of attention, a little bit of coaxing. But I've been in small communities all over the world, and they would kill for what Frankfurt has. We have so many different resources built into our bones. We just have to know how to leverage them, I think, and how to really bring them in the fore and demonstrate to Central Kentucky and the larger world what we got and that we're open for business and we're ready for people to come and enjoy Frankfurt like we enjoy it. And, uh, well, Brian, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit uh, working on Bourbon on the Banks, which is a, a, a new new event that's coming to Frankfurt in August. So uh, do you want to add anything to Jason's comments? Um, well, my, my path, I guess, led me to Josephbeth Booksellers, which is a regional bookstore that we ended up growing pretty large. So we had about nine stores in six states and starting as a bookseller at the very beginning and just going through retail and basically building from an independent bookstore, you got to build it through the community. So it was all about not what are you picking up today? What are you buying today? Or trying to sell, sell, sell. It was more like, how do I make it to where your life is better and that you're a client and a customer for 20 years? And so it was more, I watched kids grow up, I watched family. So it was all about those communities through a retail setting. And with retail and it went to malls and then it went away from malls and now it's going to different shopping centers, the town, the downtowns can now be like those type of epicenters for community. And it's trying to figure out where do we have that now? It used to be church. It used to be work. It used to be, but now more people are separated at work. More people are, you know, less people are going to church, but you have that ability for downtown and communities to be built in a different way or maybe back to the way it used to be. And so I, I see Frankfurt as a really interesting way to build that type of community back and then invite other people in. Okay. So obviously you guys are very familiar with the downtown master plan. Yes, that was unveiled last year. Um, how do you see that opportunity unfolding? Well, uh, the master plan uh, was a very long process, and they had a very good team of people who came in. I think they had many listening sessions. As I'm a planner as well. I have a master's in planning. And when I work with colleges and universities all over the country, um, one thing I do a lot of is listening. I listen to what they need to do. And the thing is, my energy I bring to Frankfurt it's about finding, in any planning exercise, it's about finding the unique 
characteristics, the unique opportunities, the unique stakeholders. And that takes listening to hear about those opportunities. And once you hear those opportunities and you hear the juxtapositions and you hear the crossing overs of those opportunities, it's then allowing people to see how all that connects up. And that's what a master plan does really well in an official format. And I thought the plan was really good. It laid out a lot of the opportunities downtown. But more importantly, I think it helped the east side, the west side, the larger county, and even central Kentucky see a visual of what was possible for Frankfurt. Um, a lot of people who aren't in planning, a lot of people who don't kind of, they, that's not their day-to-day existence, have trouble seeing something when it doesn't exist. And I have a background in architecture and then a master's in planning. So I was kind of, my brain has been warped to the point where I can actually visualize what's not there. And the master plan did a really good job, I think, of giving the community uh, a uni- unified vision of what Frankfurt could be. Now, I'm a realist. I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. And uh, there's a lot of work that would take to go in that plan. But I think the call has been put out. And I think a lot of people are ready to get behind that boulder and help push it up the, the hill and make that work happen. Uh, so I think it was, it was good because I felt the community was listened to. It was good because I think we had a professional group of people put together a visual and an idea and that can bring the whole community together. And I think it was good because people realized that they could find their passion in helping implement parts of that plan. And it unified a lot of people in trying to get involved. Right. And of course, it's a long-term plan, 5, 10, 15 years, depending on what section of it you're looking at. Um, when it was unveiled, I was in some uh, local re- retailers after that that were that were there. And they said, oh, I, I think it looks amazing, but we'll never be able to attract the money to be able to, to do it. I know you guys have some background in that. Would you care to comment on what's possible there? Well, it's it's been kind of cool working with my brother. Um, where I'm based in Frankfurt, he's based in Louisville, and he does a lot of work with real estate agents and commercial ventures and investors and bankers all throughout the state in the work that he does. Uh, and um, we've kind of been playing a tag team. He'll go out, pitch the ideas of Frankfurt, pitch the opportunities of Frankfurt to these people in the larger part of the state who've never thought about Frankfurt beyond a gas station stop, a visit to the old capital or the new capital when they're in elementary school, or um, you know, a place to grab a quick bite at Panera on the way between Lexington and Louisville. And I hate to say it, it breaks my heart. Yeah. I've Every chance I get, I ask people outside of Frankfurt, what do you think of Frankfurt? And then I hold on and I prepare myself to be underwhelmed by what they think of Frankfurt. And then I start describing Frankfurt to them. I start describing a historic downtown with a river cutting through it that's in the middle of a bowl that has a rich history in bourbon, a rich history in a lot of the elements that made Kentucky what it is. And their eyes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they go, wow, I'm going to have to go to Frankfurt and check that out. And me and my brother find a lot of what we do is reframing Frankfurt for these people. And a lot of the time we're talking to people who have money, who are into banking, who have influence. And once we share our vision of Frankfurt, we feel like it starts to spread out from there because they say, hey, I had a conversation about Frankfurt at lunch today. It seems pretty interesting. We should go down there sometime. And I feel like me and my brother are out there waving the pom-poms and singing the praises. And we now are trying to help other people in Frankfurt frame Frankfurt as well for their friends, for their loved ones, for their families. And start to help reframe Frankfurt as well. Because if me and my brother can have an impact doing that, if we can galvanize 10,000 more people who live in Frankfurt to sing the praises of Frankfurt and what they love about Frankfurt, just like we love Frankfurt, I think we'll see an exponential across the whole country. Because let's let's be frank. One, One of the biggest problems about Frankfurt is that we have a major brain drain issue. We have our youngest and best go off to college and a high percentage of them don't come back. I have friends from high school who've just shot to the four winds. They live in Colorado. They live in New York. They live in South Carolina. They're doing really cool stuff. 
they would love to come back to Frankfurt, but they can't do the really cool stuff that doing, they're doing right now in all those places in Frankfurt. If we can help figure out how to build up Frankfurt so that they have these opportunities for really cool stuff, we have the potential to bring back uh, the children that we have lost to the rest of the world, bring them back to Frankfurt and let them bring their energies, their passions and their knowledge of Frankfurt back to us. So I like to think we have this big virtual group of people out there who are keeping an eye on Frankfurt. They're always looking over what's going on. Oh, a new brewery. Oh, what's going on. And to me, if we had our first recruits to come back to Frankfurt and kind of energize Frankfurt, it's our own children who've been leaving for decades. We could actually entice them back. And I know as you know, and I know, you know, you go around Frankfurt and there seems to be a gap between 22 year olds and 32 year olds in Frankfurt. And we need to start filling that gap again, because those are going to be the people who want to go to the bars. Those are gonna be people out having going to the restaurants. Those are going to be people buying the older houses and fixing them up and making them really nice. And I think that is uh, right there. That is one demographic that we could bring back to Frankfurt pretty quickly. If we start singing the stories and singing what's happening to Frankfurt to our friends and family first before we start trying to sell to central Kentucky and the rest of the country. Well, other than going through the, the population in general, you know, so if I have a kid that's left and gone to college and I want invite them to come back, but in addition to that, wouldn't there be a way to capture alumni through our high school systems or, or whatever uh, to invite them back, whether it's, I mean, they invite them back for homecoming, right? They invite them back for, uh, you know, so if we, took that kind of database and did some strategic marketing to those folks, that might be one way. Well, and, we the big, could... and the biggest thing though, is when they do come back, letting them see the best parts of the new Frankfurt, not just the old haunts that they've seen. Oh, look at Frankfurt. It's still the way it's been. I have a lot of my friends who come back and they just roll their eyes and I go, but what, what are you looking at? And then I take them around the corner and I show them something differently. Like, Whoa, where did that come from? And Oh, that's really cool. And Oh, I'd hang out there. We just need to take the effort to reframe Frankfurt for them as well, because they're coming back with the layers of what they see Frankfurt was 20 years ago. And we need to help lift those layers off and show them what Frankfurt is today. Show them Beast Bakery, show them Trifecta Barbecue opening up, show them the new Irish pub that might be coming, show them the two breweries, show them Goodwood. We need to show them this stuff and let them see these new sprouts that are sprouting up in Frankfurt to the new garden that we're creating and that will start getting their brains going and their imaginations going. They'll start thinking, you know, maybe I could do that job virtually I'm doing right now in Philadelphia. Maybe I could do that back in Frankfurt. The cost of living is a lot lower. I'd be around my friends and family. My parents are getting older. I could spend time with them. It's just, it takes all of us, I think, starting to lay that story out and starting to really just be positive for Frankfurt and understand what's going on. But at the same time, being realistic. We don't want to sell a fanciful bubble that pops at the first poke. We need to understand the bones of what we got, and then we just got to breathe life into it and bring it all up. I, I had read an article recently, and I can't remember what. It was some Midwest town that was offering either down payments on a home or $10,000 towards a home uh, for telecommuters. Yep. So they didn't have the jobs there for them, but they had housing stock. Yep. And so, you know, if you – we have jobs <laughs> – from what I understand, we don't have as much housing stock as, as we would need or we would like. Um, but we do have some interesting opportunities, like you said, for rehabs of um, some homes with beautiful history and architectural structure and um, f friendly living environment and low cost of living. Um, and it would seem to me there would be some innovative things we could do at the city and the county to incentivize those kinds of people Absolutely. to come here. Well, and, and the numbers I run are we've been – Stagnant. Now, let's just be serious. We've been stagnant at a population growth of about 20,000, 22,000 for about 20, 
25 years. We haven't grown. Look around us. Lexington's been blown up. We're not keeping pace with the population growth in the country. We, for some reason, have just stayed in stasis. And I think, and people look at me when I'm crazy, but I'll say this now, is that audaciously, I think in the next five to 10 years, we could recruit five to 8,000 people to live in downtown and in the east and west side of Frankfurt. And people go, well, where are they going to come from? When I start to point at stuff, I say, we have 18,000 commuters coming into town right now. You do the basic demographic on that, probably between the age of 22 and 32, that's probably six or 7,000 of them haven't picked a home yet, haven't picked a wife yet, don't have kids yet, and are mobile. And they're looking at a mortgage in Lexington, a mortgage in Louisville at three times the rate and fighting traffic every day, or living in Frankfurt, having a cute little community they can walk around and having their job here. So they're saving on the commuting and saving on their mortgage. We have uh, Houston Barber doing a great job as an independent school system right now. They've gone from about 150th in the state to 15th in just <laughs> a few years. Uh, with Western, Western Hills and Franklin County have these major technical colleges going on, these technical resources. We have a great school system. And I think these younger people are starting to think about family, starting to think about where the school are, can relook at Frankfurt on that front too and go, huh, if I want to buy a house, have a family, walkable, cute, safe community, Frankfurt would work really well for that. And that could help fill in that 22 to 32-year-old gap that we're missing right now. And they're coming here already. The other thing is, and I'll let my brother talk about it, we, uh, Lexington has a real estate problem. And we can it's a huge opportunity for Frankfurt. Yeah, doing the commercial property, I mean, we, we tend to look at Frankfurt in a bubble and we don't look outside a lot what we're what we're seeing going on in the commercial side. Louisville's starting to attract international attention with a lot of their businesses. They're starting to attract a lot of national attention. So there's a lot of people moving here that haven't lived in Kentucky before. And they're completely okay living in Louisville because it feels like Portland. It feels like other places that they're used to. And they're not expanding out very much. But you have a nice... They're also used to commutes of two hours or an hour and a half in a day. We're 45 minutes from Louisville. We can get there pretty quickly. You can live in historic downtown Frankfurt from Louisville, and it's pretty good. And now we have suddenly have access to, what, 800,000 people? And then in Lexington, they just decided not to expand the urban services corridor, which basically means they're not going to be growing. They're trying to grow internally, which means they're trying to do density packing. Of course, anytime you do a new building of density, everybody doesn't want it. So they're going to be 7,000 doors short by 2022. So that's 7,000 people that now need to live not in Lexington. Um, Lexington, about two years ago, flipped for the first time where 51% of the people working in Lexington actually live outside of Lafayette County. And so now you've got Scott County growing hugely. They're almost growing to where they can't grow anymore. You know, you've got Versailles starting to pick up a whole lot. You've got Nicholasville just basically becoming an extension of Lexington. We have a huge opportunity to grab seven, 10,000 people that are going to be looking for someplace to live. And that's a bigger tax base. That's a tax base that's not based on the state government jobs. That's actually new th new people that are living in Lexington, living in Louisville, or working in Lexington, working in Louisville, and need a place to stay. And so we just need to be very open for, you know, what type of businesses do we have downtown and what type of housing do we have downtown? So there's a lot of opportunities um, to rebuild some of our housing and to reframe what we're doing. In well, and, here's the, and here's the coolest part about all of it. We bring in new people, we bring in new housing stock, we bring in people downtown. That brings in restaurants, that brings in bars, that brings in breweries. But at the same time, we don't have to build that chicken and the egg thing because we have 230,000 people coming to Buffalo Trace, half a mile downtown every year. And by the best numbers I can determine, talking to the people who know, about 5% of them 
Make that half-mile trek downtown. You show me any community in the world, in Europe, <laughs> in Asia, that have 230,000 people parked on... They're here. We don't have to bring them here. They're here. All we have to do is lure them downtown with something... You show me any community like that, and they'd be falling all over themselves to build restaurants, build bars, build attractions, build hotels, Airbnbs, to be able to grab those as many of those people before they shoot over the bridge to Louisville or shoot back up the hill to Lexington. And they're here, and they're excited, and they're ready to spend money. So we've got a great double-edged approach. One is recruit the people who are already working here. They're just commuting. Or recruit the people who work in Lexington Louisville who are looking for a place to live. we got that working. And then attract the tourists who can help bring the money in to raise our quality of bars and restaurants and everything that then the people moving here residentially have more cool stuff to do. Right. I, I had read an article in uh, Strongtown. Strongtowns, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. And it was talking about the pitfalls of developing communities for tourism versus livability. Um, so what you're talking about there is exactly where we're right in the sweet spot. We, we don't have to develop it for tourism. It's there. We have to just crank up the livability so that those things can work in tandem with one another. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And then the first part of it is selling the story of Frankfurt. Like I said, I wrote an article uh, in State Journal, Invite Your Friends, and I am absolutely serious on that. When I lived in Brooklyn uh, back in 2002 to 2004, we had the hardest time getting people from Manhattan <laughs> to come jump on a subway and come three stops over to Brooklyn. And it wasn't the distance. It wasn't the time. It wasn't that they wanted to hang out with us. We were ready to hang out. And they want to hang out with us. It was literally their perception of Brooklyn. They were like, Brooklyn's boring. We live in Manhattan. Woo! What's there to do in Brooklyn? But finally, once we got them to come over, they their mouth would hit the floor the entire evening because they would see tree-lined boulevards. They would see restaurants that don't have almost any weight. They would see a price point 20% lower for housing and for restaurants in Manhattan. And they'd see hip, cool people wandering around. And they go, wait, why do I live in Manhattan? Frankfurt has that exact opportunity right now. Every person I bring in from Lexington, every person I bring in from Louisville to hang out with me for a night or an evening, they leave ready to move to Frankfurt because I show them all the best pieces and they see it and they go, wow, seven overlooks of downtown from all these different vantages in a bowl, get on a boat, go up and down the river, two breweries now opening up, a West Six up on the hill all these cool restaurants, all these things to do, all these green spaces, all these historic buildings. Why am I living in Lexington and driving everywhere I want to go when I could live here and walk around and have this cool community of really awesome people who are just trying to push push forward? It's amazing. So we need more cheerleaders. We need more cheerleaders. And how, so uh, let's be frank. Let's be frank. How do people get involved? Um, Frankfurt isn't, I'll, I'll leave this out. I, I've spent a lot of time here you on know, my planning background. I can't help it. I also have a history degree. So I, I look at the history of things, the planning of things, the architecture of things. Frankfurt is fascinating for me from a demographic point of view. We have, to me, we have three different types of cultures in Frankfurt. We have the people who can trace their lineage of Frankfurt back to the founders. So we have the five or eight right. generation fan, Frankfurt. We, we, are Frankfurt, right? And so that makes up about a third of the community. Well, and I think that's why the historic infrastructure has stayed intact the way it has, because they want to protect that legacy. So that's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. So, but we have these people who can just trade. They, they, are, they are part of Frankfurt. They are not going anywhere. And I love that. That gives a bedrock to Frankfurt. We also have a group of people who are from other parts of Kentucky, eastern, western Kentucky, and they move here because they heard about a state job or they got in with a state job and it moved them to Frankfurt. And so they bring a different culture of the wider perspective of Kentucky to Frankfurt. And then we have about a third of people, which our parents were, who moved from 
anywhere in the country or the world to Frankfurt. And our parents were from Louisiana and Texas, and they came with their Texas and Louisiana values. And that's who were our parents. So we, we not thought nothing of traveling down to Louisiana and Texas a few times a year to see her, their family. And that got us out of Frankfurt as kids. We got to see the bigger world. Um, and so we have these three different demographics. And I think it's so fascinating because they bring different perspectives of what Frankfurt is. There may be one demographic who's like, well, Frankfurt is this. And it's going to be like this for the next 100 years. And then you have a new demographic coming in from the outside going, but it could be that. And it could be this. And it could be this. And I've seen this done really well like this. And we could have that. And it's a beautiful tension between all these three different groups. And um, I think each of those groups has a different motivation about how to get involved in Frankfurt. And I think they're all bring value and importance in maintaining the legacy of Frankfurt and what it is, while also helping to push the envelope of what it could. Right. It doesn't have to be one sacrificing for the other. Absolutely not. No, they I think work. they can work in lockstep. Yes. And it just, there can be some tension, there can be some rubbing and friction, but I personally think that's good. I think the tension helps people pay attention and actually come to a feeling on what they actually think about an issue versus just a pat answer where they're like, well, this is how I feel about it. a knee jerk reaction. They have a little tension. They have to think about, it. they get challenged a little bit. It gets their head wrapped around it. And we find common ground. I think it may not be exactly what either side wants exactly, but that's how common ground works. You find, you both give up a little bit and you find a new space in between. So I, from that point of view, I think the newer people coming to Frankfurt, um, they see all these opportunities. They see all these old buildings. Oh, I fixed that building up. Do that, do this. And they also are a pipeline back out to their families. They're the ones saying, hey, my mother's not going to move here because she's retired and she's older. Or my nephew and cousin are going to move here. So they are a great way to pull new people into the community. Where then that generation who's been here and their families have been here, I think, as you said, they're kind of the stewards of Frankfurt. They're the ones who help go, well... These are the bones that make Frankfurt Frankfurt. We need to make sure we don't lose those. So it's, it is a beautiful tapestry that a lot of small communities don't have. Sometimes you have 90% of a small community made up of the people who can trace their generation back five years. And frankly, if you have too many, it starts to hold the community back. Right. Because right, they have right. a very fixed idea of what the community is, period. So when, uh, when they were doing the focus groups and the research for the Kentucky Distilled Brand Print, um, it's interesting to me because your uh, your comments about um, whether uh, uh, Frankfurt inside the bubble has a self-esteem issue or uh, whatever, or people outside how they see Frankfurt. When you actually look through the 500 pages of research, um, uh, that's a bit of a bit of a myth because it's the people who are speaking the loudest are really the minority. The, the majority of people that came out of those focus groups and online surveys, et cetera, et cetera, said, oh, I love Frankfurt. Frankfurt's a hidden gem, both inside and outside the market, both external and internal markets were saying, you know, uh, the historic, the river, the this, the that, the green space, the trails, the, the biking and walking opportunities um, were just endless, endless, endless. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much... Um, oh, Frankfurt's the place where politics happen and blah, blah, blah. And uh, fr Frankfurt is this or that. It, it was really more positive. Like, we kind of want to keep it to ourselves, is, is what came out in, in that research, which surprised me. Because the loud people yeah. are saying, oh, gee, we, you know, why would we want to do that? Or that will never happen. Or we won't be able to get the money to do that. So here it is. Here it is. I think I, think I here's, here's a realization I just had. And I love epiphanies in the moment. It's a little dangerous. Um, but you, you helped me see something, which is I think those very people who love Frankfurt 
sometimes it felt let down by Frankfurt. They bring a friend into town from Lexington. They coax them over here. They go downtown maybe 10 years ago to an awesome little restaurant and it's closed. They decided we don't want to be open right now and we're just closing. They bring them all the way down. They park and suddenly it's not open and their plans have just been thrown to the four winds. I think consistency. I think Frankfurt businesses and ventures realizing they have to be consistent. They have to offer consistent service. They have to offer a consistent bar of quality every single time. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this. I mean, they're new, but Hoggy's ice cream is killing it. <laughs> and if you they got, sell out, though. I, they sell I, out. I, well, I know, but I don't think they're going to sell <laughs> it much longer. They yeah. just were so blown away by a pent-up desire for a treat, a low-cost low treat downtown that let people, gave them a reason to come downtown, spend a little money, get to do something with their family and just hang out. They were just in the, it, before spring even started, people were eating ice cream and you had 45 minute waits and people sitting outside shivering, eating ice cream because the, the demand was so high for that. But I think they have, to, but they did it right. They did the branding right. They did the marketing right. It is consistent. The bar is as high as anything you could look for anywhere in the country. You could find a Hoggies. That Hoggies could be in Boston. That Hoggies could be in Cleveland. That Hoggies could be in Pittsburgh. No problem. It would fit right in. But to me, that is the bar. If we have new businesses downtown, they need to take a hard look at Hoggies and they need to get their venture to that level because if we can show consistency and high quality every single time, we give the people a chance to say, yeah, I'm going to bring my friend over from Lexington. They're going to drive 45 minutes each way. When I take them downtown, their socks are going to be blown off and they're going to love it just like I love it. But I'm, I'm a little concerned that in the past... We have not maintained that consistency bar and people have taken a risk on Frankfurt and got burned or and it hasn't worked out for them. And they go, well, I'm not going to do that again. And we need to have those people take another look at Frankfurt. When we, when we bought the radio stations uh, seven years ago, um, the person that we bought them from has known me a, a very long time. And he said, uh, and knew I was looking to buy stations. And he said, uh, have you ever been to Frankfurt, Kentucky? And I said, well, no, it's, isn't that state capital of Kentucky? And he said, well, Kristen, you would love Frankfurt, and Frankfurt would love you. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, I'll come down and look at it. And he was absolutely right, but I was here. I came down on um, a, a Sunday morning um, to visit the station over the weekend and then um, meet staff on uh, Monday morning And um, if we decided we were going to do it. And there was nothing open. I stayed at the Capitol Plaza. Um, Sunday, there was nowhere to go to dinner. I had no idea where I was. You know, you don't really realize, I mean, it's kind of weird, right? Um, but I see that changing a lot. Um, well, and I had a that friend now what's available when I bring family into town has expanded dr dramatically. Jason had an interesting idea about that with, um, tell her the bourbon ambassador story from this weekend that was just, well, I, to Robin Antonucci, a few we work on a lot of stuff together. She's director of tourism. I, about not 18 months ago, I pitched her this wild idea and she's used to me pitching her these harebrained ideas. But I said, we should start an ambassador program. And she said, well, what's that? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's say we have eight different awesome things about Frankfurt, the history, the river, the bourbon, uh, you know, the green spaces, you know, you name them. Let's say there's eight of them. Uh, let's nominate someone who can be the ambassador for each of those things, a two year term. And that guy person's goal, they have a little tag on their chest. They walk around and they're just the person selling that everywhere all the time. Hey, have you been down to the river? Oh, if you want to go eat, go down here. And da -da. they're the person who just walks around town and they can walk up to anybody and boldly go, Hey, are you looking for something fun to do? Here's what you could do. 
And she smiled at me and said, that's a cute idea. Um, let's maybe talk about that. But she said, in the meantime, I could call myself the unofficial bourbon ambassador for Frankfurt, which I haven't really tried until uh, Friday night. My family was out of town and I was downtown just kind of hanging out, talking to people. And I was over buddies and I overheard this couple uh, talking about Castle and Key in a very what is that kind of manner? Aha, people who do, do not <laughs> live here. So I, I rolled over to them. I said, excuse me, um, where are you guys from? And they said, oh, we're from Indianapolis. We're in for the weekend. We're just into anything fun. We're just here to do what we want to do. But we're a little out of ideas. And I said, oh, let me get a piece of paper and let's talk. And I proceeded over the next 30 minutes just to lay out a myriad of cool things they could do, different routes they could take, different roads they could take, Wallace Station, Crank and Boom, uh, you know, Woodford Reserve, uh, Castle and Key, Stave, and just lay, and they were flummoxed. I mean, they were like, we don't, our weekend is going to be completely different now that we know this because you gave us the inside scoop. Because there's no way, we didn't know how to get this information. Any, there was no central portal for this. We, we would need someone like you to just break it down for us. And they said, you know, the wife was like, you know, frankly, I wasn't too excited about tomorrow. I'm down here because he likes bourbon. But now that you've laid all this out, I am really excited about tomorrow. And that was would be an example of sort of what one of these ambassadors would do. But I don't think they're doing even, I'm doing it unofficially. I think we can all do it unofficially. If you see strangers staring up, walking around and they dress kind of funny because <laughs> you can spot them from a 30 feet away. Just go up to them and politely say, hello, are you new to Frankfurt? What would you like to see? Uh, we were, me and my wife were eating at Cliffsides on a Sunday and we saw three strangely dressed people and we said, excuse me. I walked up and I said, oh, I gotta go do my thing. And my wife rolled her eyes and was like, oh God, here he goes. Can't we just have a nice Sunday meal? So I rolled over and said, excuse me guys, um, where are you from? And they said, oh, we're from San Francisco. We just flew into Louisville on Friday. We just toured Louisville on Saturday. And now we have the whole day to spend in Sunday in Frankfurt. What should we see? And here, bourbon and unofficial bourbon investor, I was stuck. I said, clearly you see Buffalo Trace. I think Rebecca Roos open. And this was a year ago. I was like, uh, and this was before the liquor sale, Sunday liquor sales, which, you know, uh, the bourbon strategies committee worked on and got passed with the city and everybody and all the partnerships. Uh, I was stumped. And here I'm the one trying to sell Frankfurt. And I was literally stumped what I could tell these people to do over the next four hours on a Sunday afternoon. And I felt terrible about it. But it also made me realize I had to redouble my efforts and triple my efforts because we just needed to pull it all together. Because these people, if they have a great time in Frankfurt, will go back to San Francisco and they'll go, guess where I went? I went to Frankfurt. And they'll tell it and it's tell it and exotic. tell it. And then other people from San Francisco will say, instead of staying in Louisville, I want to stay in this place, Frankfurt. And we'll see more and more of the kind of energies coming into town. And with them, they bring money. With them, they bring excitement. With them, they bring, you know, showing that Frankfurt's on the move. And it's exciting. But see, you just said it's very exciting. Well, I think that's one of the things that we don't think about is like, you know, we are the bourbon capital of the world. I mean, we there's people that drink Buffalo Trace their whole lives. And then somebody actually went. Wait, like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? <laughs> yeah. That place exists? You got to go? I mean, they are incredibly excited by it. And so the more... So they're incredibly excited about getting to Buffalo Trace. And the more we make them excited about Frankfurt to add on to that story, oh, I went here and then I went to Castle Key. And then I went, now everybody they're telling that story to or everybody they put on Facebook or everything they put on Instagram or wherever they, you know, whatever they did, all those other people will get that excitement because we added on to the Buffalo Trace trip. But they could also easily say, I went to Buffalo Trace and then I stayed in Louisville and I did all these things in Louisville. So we wanted to, to tie Frankfurt into all those things. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, w whether I'm visiting um, 
a Rotary Club in another market when I'm visiting our other radio markets or um, uh, I, I was on a cruise and was on an excursion and met a couple from Indianapolis that came down the river. They have a boat. And when the locks were open, they came, you know, so there's a lot of changing, you know, but that Buffalo Trace comes up over and over and over again. If I say I'm from Frankfort, Kentucky, they say, oh, that's where Buffalo Trace is. So uh, building on that opportunity is, an, is a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Well, and, and Brian's right. I mean, sometimes I think, I like to say, my metaphor for this, and it's very tongue-in-cheek, is that Frankfurt, Frankfortians are standing on a mountain of gold. And we're sometimes complaining about how shiny it is. <laughs> and we just need to bend over and start picking that gold up because yeah. we, you know, I helped start the Frankfurt Bourbon Society. We have 350 members now. We've capped it, unfortunately, for the listeners out there. But pay attention. It may open soon uh, at some point. But uh, we'll have members coming to a meeting and getting in a photo op with Harlan Wheatley because Harlan's just hanging out with us at an event at Buffalo Trace. And they put it on their Facebook and they say their friends are eating their hand like in envy. And I'm like, really? And they're like, they are freaking out that I got to hang out with Harlan Wheatley, the master distiller. And I'm like, but Harlan, we know him. And they're like, I even forget. We got Harlan. We got Buffalo Trace. I would take it for granted. It's so easy just to forget if we can frame Frankfurt right, how amazing we have it. We just forget to tell that story, I think. So it sounds like we need to um, uh, develop uh, training and and, uh, some sort of structure around uh, ambassador training and hospitality training. Exactly. I think uh, me and my okay, brother. Okay, great. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> Robin and I are supposed to talk this week. Okay. I mean, um, about that type of thing because we were. I was talking to um, Chrissy over at Hoggies, and she was basically saying, you know, I was like, well, what we need since you all because they're not just those lines aren't Frankfortians. There's people driving from Versailles and Lawrenceburg and Danville to come have ice cream at Hoggies, and so there. She was telling me, oh, there's a lot of people on those lines. Well, you know, they have a, a big long line. Every time we could have somebody talking about Frankfurt and talking about different things. Oh, who's from out of town? Who's doing this and that? And she's like, well, what should we talk to, to him about? And so I called Robin was just kind of like, hey, we need to come up with something at, you know, so the Buffalo Trace um, gift shop. They're actually saying uh, when people ask them, what should I do in Frankfurt? I mean, some of those people are from Lexington. And they're going, oh, not very much. When I look at um, Reddit for like, and I just search Frankfurt, Kentucky on Reddit and people are like, oh, I'm moving to Frankfurt for a state job. Where should I live? And it's like, oh, Lexington. And, you know, so, but the talking to Robin and trying to figure out that training thing of, you know, for all our hotel people, all, all of our hospitality, here's what we need to talk about. Here's what we need to display. Here's what you can hand them to go do. So we are talking about trying to put that training together. So yes, we could also that coordinate that with um, uh, economic development because I know that KCDC would like to, um, we could coordinate that with an ambassador program that is specifically intended to, um, take care of people when they come visit like if they're considering employment at one of our major employers uh and they're moving here that we could say oh you have an interest in history that you need to hook up with this ambassador blah, blah, blah. and they're you know certified <laughs> if you oh, will well, and, so and my, can really pre- showcase yeah. the market from from that person's standpoint regardless of their gender their age their background their interests um so they have someone that they can relate to and I mean, we all know if there was a history ambassador, it'd be Russ Hatter. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, he already does it, you right, know, it's right. almost like you're honoring people who are already doing that. Cause that's what they love to do. Um, so I, I think these kind of frontline defenses, we've all traveled around we've all gone to hotels and what do you do when you're in a new community and you've just driven in and you have nothing, you go to the hotel front desk and you go, where should I eat? And they go, well, there's a, da, da, da. 
a lot of these people, as Brian said, don't live in Frankfurt. So they go, where should we eat? And they go, oh, there's giant Carinos. Oh, there's, they send them right out of the bowl to a franchise because they're familiar with it from their own community where we need to get in and train these people to think, oh, there's Dave. Oh, there's bourbon on Main. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's that. Right off the butt. And they go, oh, yeah, bourbon on Main has this wonderful burger and da 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 da. We, they're our frontline salespeople. And too often, I think we just, they say whatever that comes to their mind or whatever they're thinking because they haven't been trained to think like that about Frankfurt. All right. Well, we have to get on it. So we're going to stay tuned to this space at Let's Be Frank so we can give you some advice on how to get involved if you would like to be an ambassador for our community. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you'll be back with us soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Let's Be Frank. If you'd like more info, if you'd like to listen to more episodes, or you just want to get in touch with me, please visit our website, letsbefrankpodcast.com.